Welcome back, everybody. It's Thanksgiving week. I know that you're probably around family or maybe around friends. I myself prefer a good Friendsgiving. But either way, tonight's story is one about community. It's about coming together, if you will. You're probably like, oh, wow, so wholesome. That sounds like fun. Well, let's just say if you're a fan of Gossip Girl or Pretty Little Liars, then you're going to love this one. And if you're new here, I'm your host and curator of all things strange and unexplained, Anthony Rossetti, and this is not another horror podcast. Like most of these stories, we start in a small town. I'll save you the spare details. Everyone left their door unlocked. Everybody knows everyone pretty cut and dry. If you've seen any Discovery Plus show, you know how it goes. (laughs) With a current population of around 1,400 people, Circleville, Ohio, is not a place large enough to harbor many secrets. Roughly 25 miles south of Columbus, It is home to manufacturing companies, Ohio Christian University, and a water tower painted like a pumpkin. The town has a sense of neighborly intimacy, a closeness that the Circleville letter writer made a target of scorn. Already, I'm kind of rooting for the Circleville writer. In 1976, the citizens of Circleville, Ohio, began receiving sinister handwritten letters. The anonymous author knew many personal details about each resident and claimed to be watching them. They were postmarked from Columbus without a return address. The most dangerous letters were directed at Mary Galipsy. The Circleville letter writer accused the local bus driver, of all people, of having an affair with the superintendent of the school. I know where you live read one of the threatening letters. I've been observing your house and know you have children. This is no joke. Please take it seriously. Now, this was in a time before, you know, cell phones and we had internet everywhere. So just think that someone watching you is kind of terrifying. Shortly thereafter, Mary's husband, Ron, received a letter also. Whispers of this affair spread through the once quiet town. Then, like clockwork, a new letter arrived at the Galipsy door. Galipsy, you have had two weeks and done nothing. Admit the truth and inform the school board. If not, 
I would broadcast it on CBS, posters, signs, and billboards until the truth comes out. Surely, this had to be someone close to the Galipsy household. Mary and Ron gathered with their loved ones, including Ron's sister and his sister's husband, Paul Freshour. What a name. <laughs> to discuss possible suspects. The letter stopped briefly in 1977. Then on August 17th, Ron received a phone call that really pissed him off. The man burst out the front door and climbed into his car, armed with his gun. Sadly, he would never return home again. You see, later that day, authorities found Ron's car wrapped around a tree with Ron's body inside. Strangely, his gun had been fired, but the reason why remained a mystery. Circleville authorities ruled his death an accident caused by alcohol, a decision that upset the Circleville writer. I mean, come on, guys. I, I, I feel like I would be a little upset as well. I mean, the gun was fired and you're ruling this just like a bad decision. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, soon new letters surfaced accusing the sheriff of a cover-up. A local journalist reported that, according to police records, Ron Galipsy died with one and a half times the legal limit of alcohol in the system. According to close friends, however, Ron didn't even drink. Eventually, Mary and her lover confirmed the affair, though they claimed their relationship started only after the letters began. <laughs> Notes continued throughout 1983 with some addressed to Mary's daughter. That year, the anonymous wordsmith even took to installing signs along Mary's bus route for the world to see. They were very large signs, even a billboard. Tired of the harassment, Mary pulled over, climbed out of her bus, and went to rip down one sign. But to her shock, she found it was rigged to a box with a string. Upon opening the box, Mary found a gun pointed right at her. Terrified, of course, she reported the incident. Now, of course, this is a small town, so it didn't take them long to get there. Police examined the firearm while the serial number was partially scratched off. It was still traceable. The weapon belonged to Mary's former brother-in-law, Paul Freshour. Paul was adamant of his innocence, yet with the firearm as evidence and an inconclusive test comparing his penmanship to the threatening letters, authorities believed they had their man. Case solved. They arrested him for attempted murder. But things get even creepier. On October 24th, 1983, Paul stood trial for the attempted murder of Mary Galipsy. While Paul was not officially accused of being the circle of a letter writer, the prosecution repeatedly brought up the inconclusive results of the handwriting test to cast guilt on the man. 
Right or wrong, the jury connected the dots. They found Paul guilty of attempted murder. And the judge threw the book at him. He handed him the maximum sentence of 7 to 25 years. Circleville breathed a sigh of relief. All was well. Surely these letters would stop, right? Wrong. New letters arrived from Columbus. Even though Paul was locked away behind bars in another town with part of his sentence spent in solitary confinement. And get this, Paul received his own letter while he was in prison. To Paul, the Circleville letter wrote, Now when you are going to believe, you aren't going to get out of here. I told you two years ago. When we set them up, they stay set up. Don't listen at all. Paul served a decade in prison and was finally released in May of 1994. By then, the reports of threatening letters ceased in Circleville. Paul maintained his innocence until his death in 2012. To this day, the unsolved case of the Circleville letter writer attracts speculation. Was Paul really the man behind the poison pen? Could Mary somehow have been involved? Was there a formal cover-up? as the anonymous author alleged. The truth remains a mystery. There's so many dots in here that I honestly feel could have been connected, but people just chose not to. And also the ability to match handwriting has actually been more relied on than polygraph tests, which isn't saying much, but it's way more accurate. So who was the Circleville letter writer? I guess we'll never know. Well, that's all I have for you tonight. Go spend time with your family or your friends or do nothing at all. I'm not going to tell you what to do. <laughs> stay safe. Stay sane. See you next week.